I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. It happened, yeah. Michael. <laughs> What's up? What shout out to up? shout out to the Boston Celtics, who shout apparently were in the game out. for Mike Conley. No, you they weren't. Hate to see it, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. It is beautiful. Welcome to the city of Utah, our friend Mike Conley. Welcome. That's right. The city of Utah. So glad to have our good friend, Mike Conley. Um, yeah, well, welcome to this short SLC Punk Podcast. Done. Yeah, man, welcome to the gig. Um, we're just doing a quick reaction of this whole thing um, because we had our, um, it, uh, most of our listeners already know, um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, but most of our listeners know that last night we did a interview with Joe Molinax of the Grizzly Bear Blues, and he was telling a lot of why jazz fans should want Mike Conley, what what the Utah Jazz would, and we were pretty dead on on what the trade would be, um, talking back and forth that it would be either Grayson Allen or Royce O'Neal, one of those two, Jay Crowder and Kyle Korver, and uh, this year's 23, and then well, the one thing that we just had a discrepancy on was like the second first round pick because I know that we didn't want to give it up, but if uh, Utah ha- didn't want to, they, it would require something more valuable, and then that would require depth. And so, uh, what are your first reactions to the trade? This, uh, for James, how do you feel? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm I'm excited. It's nice to finally have a player on the team that you know is going to. Uh, just up the level of of play on offense and defense, and is going to bring a level of consistency that the Jazz just have not had since I guess George Hill. Uh, and George Hill, when he was with the Jazz, was really good. Uh, he tapered off at the end, but we haven't really seen that since George Hill. And then before that, Darren Williams. And so the Jazz have a guy that is a legitimate. Uh, if he was in the Eastern Conference, he would have been an All Star multiple times. Obviously not because he's been in the Western Conference. Easily, easily, uh, easily he would be. But that's be that's that. not you know that's not even important. What it is important is that the Jazz got the guy they needed. This offseason now can be considered a big success because the Jazz got the guy. Obviously, the Jazz thought that you know D'Angelo Russell and Tobias Harris were not sure things. And when you're in Utah, you can't assume a lot. You have to make sure you get what you know you can, and that's what the Jazz did. And so. Mike Conley, if he can stay healthy for Utah, is going to be a fabulous addition. He's, uh, you know, one of the, he, I think he's 
I don't know if he's the best, but one of the best pick and roll guards in the league in terms of scoring. And now you're going to pair that with Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. who's the best pick and roll big in the league. Uh, it's pretty exciting to think what the Jazz are going to do. I don't know if they're done. You know, they're far. This Tony Jones reported or said on Twitter that the Jazz will make more moves. So we'll see what else is um, coming. But it's exciting to see uh, the Jazz go for it and and really kind of go all in. Yeah, I I, I think there's there's a lot of things. Um, first, I I think. It's one thing to see that most experts um, out there are praising the move. Um, if anybody is saying, oh, you know, th- what the risk to this trade is, is health. And, um, and as much as it is with Mike Conley, he's had injury problems in the past. They're actually relating it to what Utah's dealt with at the point guard position when they've traded for point guards in the last three years whether it was George Hill staying on the floor and being healthy, whether it was Ricky Rubio staying on the floor and being healthy. Like that, that's a bit when, when Utah had a healthy George Hill, they were a buzzsaw. Um, when they had a, a healthy Ricky Rubio, very they good. Were good. Very good. Like I, I, I would actually say that George Hill, when he was healthy and when you had Joe Johnson clicking Gordon Hayward, that team was, had a better scene, had a, a higher ceiling than uh, the Utah Jazz the past two seasons with Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell as your backcourt. But this now brings you this this next year's roster into contention into um, the Stockton Malone years, the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, where you're like, if the right breaks happen, you're getting to the NBA Finals. And in the once you're in the NBA Finals, Dude, you're only four games away from a championship. And this is a team built for that. Um, we talked about it last night. And what's even better is Utah was able to keep their depth. They have their they have their their I think he he is an NBA all defensive team pl- type player and Royce O'Neal um still on the team. And he's just gonna and and if he can just have the confidence to shoot that three a little bit better, and mm-hmm. he's gonna have more space now. Um, because uh, you don't have a spy on Ricky Rubio. And the other thing too, there is that, that feeling of when you see the ball go in, it helps other, uh, other team, uh, other teammates. Uh, Utah had it with uh, Kyle Korver. They'll have it with Mike Conley. Um, So this team is in discussion for being one of the top teams in Utah jazz history, best rosters. That doesn't mean they're the best team yet. They just have the best roster. We, we saw Utah when they were stacked with, with Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Andre Karolinko, and Memo Kerr, the pieces didn't quite fit together. But when you look at this roster, it feels like everyone has a, has a defined role. You have good playmakers at almost every position. The only position that they don't, though, is the power forward. And so here's uh, here's where I think um, I don't think Utah is done. Um, I think Utah is still going to be out there looking for a playmaking four. Uh, they're not going to have a max contract uh, size space, but if the right player um, becomes available uh, at the right price, you never know. You look at what Milwaukee was able to accomplish with Brooke Lopez this this past season, and th- they got him for an ex- an expiring, uh, not expiring deal, but close to mid-level, uh, low mid-level exception money. Um, he was about 3.1 mil a year. 
and he became a huge part of their of their offense and of their team and was part of the reason they went so far and he really unlocked something so you can find value Dennis Lindsay is one half of the way there of making a contender team and he just has to get that last 10% to be right where he need where the Utah Jazz need to be and that last 10% is hitting on the right guy as a role player for that mid-level level exception or taking another chance and and possibly letting go of Derek Favors and mm-hmm. and flipping him um but they have depth they have Dante Exum still um uh, find you, find you a team that uh, find you a, a a girl that loves you as much as Utah Jazz love Dante oh, Exum. Well, he has a chance um, to be. He, he plays perfectly <laughs> off of Donovan and Conley as well. So, uh, you know, you can have right now a you, perfect now, third guard for both yeah, of them. Now you don't have like the exactly. You can come in and he can cut. It's not like when you put Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio out. You can't, can't put them out together. But the thing um, is, and I think you were really you hit the nail on the head earlier. Like the Jazz are going to make some moves. Like right now, I'm sure a lot of people are going and and googling uh, Mike Conley highlights. When you watch those highlights, though, you'll notice that they have a system where there was three guys sh- shooters around uh, Conley who was getting a screen from Gasol or whoever it was, Valanciunas after the trade. I I believe that's what the Jazz need to do as well. Yeah, they used him uh-huh. a lot. They had a roll man, man. and they had mm-hmm. spread floor with shooting. And Conley would munch uh, opposing defenses at, like all night long. And that's what the Jazz need to do. As much as I love favors, uh, I think the Jazz do need to find a stretch big that they can help both Conley and Donovan um, on the offensive end. It's like the next step, and then the Jazz are completely ready to go. And I think we kind of saw in the playoffs that that's what Quinn Snyder wants to do as well. Uh, when they played the Rockets, the first two games were just dumpster fires for Utah offensively. They put in Jay Crowder, who is not even a very consistent three-point shooter. And all of a sudden, they were competitive again and and won one of the games against the Rockets. And so I think the Jazz know that, hey, if we want to be an elite-level team, we have to get some sort of spread floor with these guys on the floor because otherwise, it's you don't want to waste uh, this trade. Like you want to make sure that not not just get Conley, right? Right. You have yeah, to you exactly have to really go, go all for the it. way. Don't go partly the way, all the way, because we need to really uh, set this team up to succeed as much as possible. Yeah, and and that's the, and that's the thing too. Um, just because Derek Favors wasn't included in this doesn't mean that they are they are saying we're gonna. This is the team that we're going to keep. Um, uh, basically, Derek Favors is still going to work right now, and Dante Exum to some degree uh, um, are going to work as as kind of backup plans. Like if if somebody becomes available via trade, because some uh, we're already seeing right now, there's a lot of wacky stuff happening. Teams trying to get below the luxury tax, other teams trying to maneuver themselves to get space to land a third third player, like the Lakers. Um, you have the Houston Rockets that are trying to are trying to offload any team that l- will listen um, to be able to take on take on salary. So there's going to be opportunities created um, un- uh, unknowingly in the next uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks, and especially with the uh, ripple effect of what happens in free agency, um, where Utah could come in and and really get a 
a really good player. The other thing that is really nice about this, and I wrote this in my my analysis, uh, my my quick reactions, was uh, because Utah is so set up for an NBA Finals run as constituted. There might be a guy who maybe will make about seven or eight million, but he'll look at Utah and be like, "Man, if I go there, I have a real chance of getting a ring," which is insane, insane to think about. And where he'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to give up that money and I'm going to go there and I'm going to, I'm going to go chase that ring. I'm going to get that. And there's certain there. And, and so that's another uh, special thing because think about if Kawhi leaves Toronto. Um, well, Danny Green's not going to be like, well, you know what? You know where I want to be a rebuilding mm-hmm. Toronto. Um, because if Kawhi if Kawhi leaves, and all of a sudden you're going to see Corver on the move, you're going to see you're going to see weird stuff. I mean, heck, that could even open up to a D'Angelo Russell heading up to Toronto, of all things, uh, because of where what what crazy things can happen in in just a few days. Because once the dominoes start moving, it sets off this chain reaction. Um. And then you have Indiana that's going to be moving. You have Chicago that still has all that's Porter a guy I could see out there. And no, who, well, that's who a guy I could see the Jazz going after. Absolutely, yeah. If he becomes absolutely, a, yeah, because if he becomes available, you uh, like you're going to see Utah in a heartbeat, being like, okay, let's let's uh, let's see how we can meander. Because uh, before last, uh, like in last trade deadline, it's like, man, if we could get Otto Porter, that would be great. But man, if, if, if you're able to have Mike Conley and Otto Porter and, and then your lineup is Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Otto Porter, and Derek Favors. And all of a sudden Utah's Rudy like, Gobert. wow, we hit the, uh, sorry, sorry, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. We really hit the jackpot. We really hit the jackpot. And then, cause at that point, uh, you're okay losing Dante Exum and whatever he's possibly going to be able to to give you. I think this trade really, if if Utah keeps Dante Exum into next season and if he survives uh, the free agency rumor mill, he becomes vitally important, vitally important. And this is, I know we've said this like every year. Well, you know, he can be an X factor. He's not an X factor anymore. He's going to be. He has to be the best dude off the bench with Royce O'Neal. If he's not, uh, Utah is going to be making moves to to remedy that. And unfortunately, they're going to have to send out uh, more draft capital to be able to do that. But they're not. But they they can't. They don't have the depth anymore because of what they've done. They don't have the depth anymore to be like, okay, well, Exum doesn't have it. We're going to go down to Tabo. We're going to go to this. They don't have that anymore. And so uh, it is incredibly important. And I, I, I think back because we've seen the flashes, especially last season. There was a point where he just looked so damn good. And then he, he got hurt and then he came back and you could tell he was still hurt. And then he got hurt even worse. And he's coming back from an injury. And so you're like, okay, well, we're going to see him play, you know, play through and get back to where he was again. And, um, and geez, it's like he's speed running Sean Livingston's career. And it's, can he be that guy? Because otherwise Utah's set up, they can, they can bring back Howell Neto. They can, uh, they can bring, they got Royce O'Neal. They still have, uh, Niang. They, uh, Tony Bradley's still there somewhere and who knows what he's doing. 
Uh-huh. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So they they got good, they they still got good depth um, out of this whole thing. And now, now the big, the big takeaway from this is they have to fill Jay Crowder's spot and whether you believe, uh, I think we're going to watch Summer League this season and be like, okay. Well, we get to um, see Grayson Yang, Allen um, in Summer League for for Memphis. Do, That'll do be work. fun. We, st- we, we still get to see Grayson Allen. Like, I don't think Grayson Allen has to go anywhere for two weeks. He was like, I, do I go to – no, I'll oh, just stay here. And you speaking of Exum, I have no doubt that Exum is going to be the best backup point guard in the league next year. Probably sixth man. Uh, I just realized something. Grayson Allen could be playing on the Utah Jazz Summer League because the trade doesn't officially go through until July 6th. No, uh, he's my not going to would be he's, he's, he's That would be more awkward be than the Phyllis wedding in the office. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So, but I do, I do yeah. think I'm excited to watch um, Exum. But, if it uh, means – if you can trade Exum and – um, something else. I don't know what other assets really the Jazz would throw uh, to get Otto Porter. I guess another first round pick. Just give all the first round picks away. Uh, I think you do that because this t- that's a team that really could um, win it all. Honestly, uh, Otto Porter in Chicago has been fantastic. His that team started winning games immediately when he joined them, and his plus minus numbers are fantastic. Solid defender. We already know he's an elite shooter. That would be a perfect fit. I, I don't even. It's just so weird right now to have nationals talk about the Jazz and how they're contenders. I'm not used to this. I'm a little scared. Uh, I don't know how to handle it. Uh, but we can get through this, Jazz fans. Having all these expectations, if if the Jazz actually won everything, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how I would even react to that. It, I wouldn't believe it. Uh, but there's a legit chance next season that Utah, if they do play all their cards right, this free agency, stay healthy during the season, they can win everything. I mean, all they got to do is they. Yeah, it's, that's insane. That's what's so great about this trade. They, like it, it feels blasphemous and it feels like it's just like you. It feels like I am not. I am trying to bring on the the worst omens from the basketball gods by saying. The Utah Jazz are a championship team. They're a championship team right now. They have their offense is going to be a top ten offense with a defense that with it's it's kind of funny. Everyone who's talking about the difference between Ricky Rubio and Mike Conley, they're like Mike Conley is better than Ricky Rubio is In, defensively. They got better. The yep, on the defensive end. Yeah, and so and and Conley is going to stay in the scheme. So. I, he is an opportunistic uh, pickpocketer, but he's not going to do. He's not like Rubio, who is going to sacrifice his entire position and put a and put a ton of pressure on Rudy Gobert. And guess what? Now that you know that Mike Conley knows that Rudy Gobert is back there, he hasn't had a guy. Um, like I was, I was watching things. Did you know that uh, Mike Conley 
only had six alley oop assists yeah, last, so that's gonna last season. Be more. And the and the Grizzlies only had like a total of like well, and some of that 15 is uh, Marcus all can't jump all season. <laughs> some of that. Yes, and then Jonas, uh, and then it's true, but, is but not it is interesting that either. they'll have a rolling and, big man um, instead of it'll be a little stylistically different for him because yeah, uh, Gasol's a pick and pop big and, now, yeah, because he's not going to have but, that pick and pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he'd be looking for that. So, and then uh, both Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell have never had pl- at player played with anybody like the other, and so Mike Conley's. We're going to get to see some fun, um, some fun pick and roll action when it comes to the guards. Um, I think Zach Lowe was the one who brought up, he, who said that every point guard that has played in Quinn Snyder's mm-hmm. offense has had a career year. And Mike Conley is coming off a career, career year. And so you have to wonder, he's like, well, he, he's going to get easier looks. He's going to be able to not have to. Mike Conley for the second half of the season was in a position like Donovan Mitchell ha- has been for the past two years, where it's just like the entire offense is you, man. Mm-hmm. It's you, and um, and that's and and he handled it beautifully. But now he gets to almost take a back seat on some plays and and just get to play the spacing game. And if you if you you know if if you hedge too far, like I was watching some plays um, just today as I was making a, a video, some plays where they're trying to hedge Conley and Conley's just such a good playmaker. He's like, okay, cool. And he finds the open man. And a lot of times that ends up not being a, a made shot because it was the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, now that, now that swing pass is going to a Royce O'Neal, a Donovan Mitchell, who is going to have insane daylight for uh, we're going to see some insane highlight dunks because he's going to just be able to get hit on the run and cut same with Royce O'Neal um and then or Joe Ingles because now if now that lineup is like if you're going to if you're going to hedge and try to ruin life for Utah the person you're going to give up on is mm-hmm. going to end up being Joe Ingles well and Joe Ingles is going to become That's a hilarious like Joe Ingles is a forty-six percent, forty-six percent catch and shoot guy from the corner three. But like, yeah, it's gonna get. Oh yeah, rough Joe Ingles got better today because he is not going to have, to have multiple Utah. defenders focusing on him. He's the, he's like the third creator, and that means he gets to do a lot more just corner three shooting, and exactly. He's back to his original role. He's back to his role again. He's not having to flex out. Like there were times where he was a primary playmaker on the floor and he was, you could tell by the end of the season wore and, him out. and by the playoffs, like mm-hmm. he just run out of gas. So yeah, it's yeah. It, this is a, this is an amazing trade. This is an amazing, amazing deal. And I'm just I, like with Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck, um, uh, putting this together, they, I, I, I like, even if it does not pan out, I'm still going to praise this trade because if you have a player like Donovan Mitchell and then you have a Rudy Gobert in your prime, you mm-hmm. have to go for it. You only get some. You, you only get windows like this once in a while. Have to go for it. it. It was only a two-year window when Jordan left that the Rockets won their their finals, and then once he came back, it was over again. You have to you have to go right. for it when it's there, and the Jazz mm-hmm. know that, and they're doing it, and it's it's exciting, guys. It's it's 
It's it's really awesome. I think one of the other things too, um, if anybody's being like, well, the, you know, the Jazz should have waited just to see if D'Angelo Russell would have gone somewhere. A, Mike Conley might well, not have been there. There might have been another team that jumped. Yeah, in. Boston could have got desperate. Boston could have said, hey, we'll give you our better our two or three first round picks in this draft, and uh, you just there's no way because what happens if you don't? I I was as big a proponent for um, D'Angelo as anybody, but like. If you go into the draft and, you know, you wait till free agency and something happens where Boston just says, screw it, uh, we're getting uh, we're getting Mike Conley or, you know, you can get outbid and you don't want to de- you don't want to mess around with with that. The Jazz made sure they got who they got and and it was the right move. I, like there, there's I don't know. Yeah. And, and the other side of it is if you wait and he's still there. Um, then all of a sudden, guess who has all the freaking leverage in the world? The Memphis Grizzlies. They'll be like, oh, hey, it, it's like it, it, it's like you missed out on the toy that your kid really wanted and you're and you're hitting eBay and you're like, mm-hmm. I know this is the last one, baby. Like you are. I am going to rake you over the coals if you if this is what you really want. And and so Utah, I was smart. They were they were one of the first ones into the trade market. Um, when the trade market is not as hot, um, they prefer to have done this at the trade deadline. Um, it's we heard reporting um, like off the record that Utah was uh, was really really close, and now it's all come to light. Now now it's now you can read in the Athletic whether it was Washnowski or Zach Lowe, Utah expected to have Mike Conley in hand at the trade deadline. Everybody thought that that was going on. And then Memphis just pulled out last second. Um, and th- that's a mix of their ownership, not having clear ownership. You have fired. general management that was uh, willy nilly, like fired. Like it, so they might not have had the authority, like the full power to do that. Um. Now this new uh, this new ownership they felt empa- they felt empowered because they got the, the second uh, the second pick in the NBA draft because part of me wonders if they would not have allowed Mike Conley to go if they don't get that second pick or if they do get the second pick the price on Mike Conley would have been even more inflated because they're like we really have to take care of our future and we're not taken care of so this there's a lot of things that allowed Utah to get to this point. And um, it is going to be hard. It's going to be hard being without Jay Crowder. Um, it's hard seeing Cal Corver traded, but part of me wonders if Cal Corver was planning on retiring. Um, and, or if he wasn't, Utah couldn't afford to be strung along to know what was going on um, and what to do with that, that money in a very pivotal offseason. So, um, so Cal Corver <laughs> has been traded away from the Utah Jazz for the second time. In his uh, no, he was what, just, no, he wasn't just traded. He was just re- his he option just or whatever. Um, yeah, he just didn't pick him. So he left the Jazz. He, he so he left the Utah Jazz for the second time in his career. And so um, this is this is an awesome deal. Like Utah Jazz fans should be extremely excited. The one if there are any of the pessimists out there who are just like, oh, we gave too much. You're going to win an effing championship. That is well, that is. 
You have no idea how good your team is. Well, you those have are the no idea those are how probably good your team is the, right now. They're probably the it's same people that said good. we should just simulate the season because Golden State's going to win too, and we know how that turned out. So, uh, the Jazz are. Yeah, there's a, there's a point to be made. If they would have got Mike Conley last trade deadline, Utah could have been in the position. Where, Utah could have been where Houston was, and Utah could have been better positioned to take advantage of of Golden State's injuries. Like it, it's insane how close Utah was to being able to. Mm-hmm. And now be they, where they are needed to be going to be just as close, so, if not closer. And so. Exciting stuff. This is the best jazz jazz team we've seen probably since Darren Williams. Uh, it's exciting. This is going to be a very good team, and it's fun to be on, be like reading about and watching and writing about a team that has a chance to win it all. It's uh, all those years of of transitioning mm-hmm. from Jerry Sloan are now culminating in this moment, and so it's scary. It's exciting. It's going to be awesome. And now we just have to hurry up and wait until the season starts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, the, the biggest thing, um, moving forward is just can they, can they get that, uh, that player, um, who can fill multiple wing spots if- and also play some small ball for? That's going to be, they, because Joe, uh, Niang can do it, Joe Ingles can do it in a pinch. But they needs they uh, they that is their biggest need, and they and that player can't just be a power forward. They need him to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, be multi positional. So if they can get that, I think like a Trevor Ariza, um, which I think would be a great pickup if they were able to get like say Trevor Ariza, um, it would be fantastic it's just going to be really interesting to see who becomes it's available and what utah is willing to um because uh, i think if they were able to get trevor reza i think going with Derek favors is a great option um but if they're if they're not able to get like a, a guy like that um then all of a sudden then then you're going to need to get a little creative so so it should be interesting, and who knows that? Like the one thing I do want Jazz fans to to not think though is if they don't get that playmaking for in this during this off season before the season starts, that doesn't mean all hope is lost and Utah missed their window and they're not maximizing. It, Utah, if 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 that's still their need, you're going to hear a lot of rumors of Utah trying to trying to configure their team and, mm-hmm. and play the well, trade market to get in. a guy like that. And they might have. Um, so they're going to have, they're they have more in. moves that are, they've done are it. coming, I'm sure. There. Uh, there are, they're doing a lot of work right now and it's exciting. Uh, it's a lot is coming and we're going to cover it, Michael yeah. at slcdunk.com. I hope, have you guys heard of slcdunk.com? I hope you have. They, they got, they got four o'clock. It's, it's this one place. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard of slcdunk.com, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing a bad job. <laughs> but 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 Utah has got they got Boardwalk and Park Place and it's and you know like if you if you get Boardwalk and Park Place you're gonna put hotels on that on that piece it's just a matter of time and so for Utah they've got their pieces in place mm-hmm. now they're just gonna put hotels around Donovan Mitchell Mike Conley and and Rudy Gobert and so it's just it it and because they have a limited window 
they've already they've already made the purchase, so you got to go go all in. And so they're either going to they're either going to rake it in and win it all, or they're going to uh, go go broke what they trying, should do. which is I, I think refreshing as a jazz fan because. And this is a funny thing. A lot of jazz fans out there who are worried about this trade are the same jazz fans who are like, oh, our team never does anything. And we no big time players come to, to Utah. And, and, and Dennis Lindsay and Justin, Dennis Lindsay just, you know, plays it safe and doesn't take any risks. And is like, well, this is what you wanted. Here you go. Like, we're, we're jumping two feet in, and it is awesome. This is, this is exactly what you want to see. So um, with that said, um, I think that's that's our, our quick reactions to the Mike. Nope. The Mike Let's Conley just make trade. sure you have anything else keep there, our James? eyes peeled to to the newswire because I think the Jazz are going to be doing more here soon, and we will cover it when it happens. Yeah. So um, as always, hit up slcdunk.com. We got you covered for all of your Mike Conley needs. Um, we will be covering the draft tomorrow. It it could Holy be cow, a little it is bit tomorrow. more exciting. That's insane. Uh, okay, there, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is yeah he is insane. Uh, Woj is saying that there's going to be an extraordinary amount of trades and um, look for Utah to possibly be uh, buying into the into the first or second round as they ha- still have cash considerations that they can move around, and they've done this before. So I don't think we're I I don't think. Uh, just because Mike Conley um, was traded to the Utah Jazz, that you say, oh well, you know they're not going to do anything now. Um, and there's no point to watch the NBA draft. I still think you should watch it, just because I, I think if, now that Utah is is really up against the limit of what they can do with their cap space, they're really going to be uh, targeting guys who can follow the second round. And heads up, a lot of the guys that Utah is keyed in on for the second round. I mean, for the first round, what's number 23 pick could fall out of the first round and Utah could be in there. Well, I think to we buy still have 31, uh, 53 32, 33 or something so like that for our second round pick. So, so uh, who knows? Yeah. Like a guy like Grant Williams, Dylan Windler, um, those those guys could drop out. Uh, you ha- you drop out of, the, out of the first round. Like think of Draymond Green. Draymond Green was a second round guy who I remember watching with a bunch of Indiana Pacers fans when I was living in Indiana and it got to the first round, uh, the first round pick of Indiana Pacers, which I think they were at 23 or 24, similar to Utah. And they passed on Draymond Green and every single one of the guys in that room were like, no, <laughs> no, we should have gone for Draymond Green. And they picked Solomon Hill instead. And they're like, no, we should have got him. And I was like, what is the big deal? Like, I mean, is Draymond Green, like, I mean, he was solid, but and he ended up being great. And so, so that's the thing is there's those guys who, if Utah lands right, they can pick the right guy who can who already has an NBA skill and is ready to produce. So stay tuned for that. We're gonna have all your coverage right there. We might even have some quick reactions if there's some cool, uh, cool little niches. If you if it's not just Utah drafting at like 51, and then um, or 52. It's a 50, no. We're 53. We're drafting at 53. I know where we're drafting. Um, and as always, subscribe to our podcast wherever you can, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, whatever. And hit us up on, on the gram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We got all your stuff. So you go. Have a good one. And we're going to be busy celebrating the Boston Celtics demise 
the Lakers not knowing how to add to 30 million, and of course, Mike Conley going to the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. Peace out, y'all. Talk to you later. <laughs>